0: Now, the state of our kids' reading, writing, and math skills has yet again been proven to be in quite a dire situation. Results from this year's NCEA Literacy and Numeracy Assessment show that just two in three kids passed reading and just over half passed writing and numeracy. 40,000 students, 41,000 rather, took part in the test, most of them year 10s. While the results for writing have improved from last year's pilot, reading and numeracy skills have declined. With us now is Vaughan Kuiyo, who is the Secondary Principals Association President. Hey, Vaughan. Hey, how you doing? Well, well thank you. you getting worried about this?
1: Yeah. Oh, y- yes, but um, it's probably because we haven't had the opportunity to do the backfilling and, and making sure that they're coming into sort of year nine and year 10 with, with the literacy and numeracy skills that they need. Uh, and that's not to uh, apportion blame to in, in any of my, our primary colleagues, but the prep work hasn't been done. And then you throw over the top of that, the last two or three years of disruption. Uh, and and we're, we're weighing and measuring students at the moment, the year 10s, who were, who were very disadvantaged over COVID.
0: Now, what is actually going wrong here, Vaughan? Where's the problem starting?
1: Uh, you, you you could go back to the, the first 100 days of FaceTime when when children are born, if you wanted to. Uh, and so what, what we've got uh, is definitely a literacy and numeracy issue uh, that... Has been exacerbated by COVID. And at the same time as those students are coming through the system, we're implementing a co requisite which requires people to have that test passed before they can get the qualification at any level. Yeah. Uh, so it's a sort of a strange little perfect pedagogical storm, really. Okay. Do you support these assessments? Uh, I, I am I'm keen to get our literacy and numeracy levels up. Uh, and it seems that uh, whenever you put an assessment in place, that does sharpen people's focus, yeah, uh, and that certainly has stimulated some public debate. Whether or not uh, a one-off test, or or for next year, for example, a, a, you get a couple of cracks at it next year, and then there will be three cycles a year after that. Whether the the one-hour assessment is the way to do it, or whether dual pathways is the way to do it, uh, the proof will still be in that pudding, but. Um, we do need to sharpen our focus in terms of literacy and numeracy, that's for sure. These assessments are sharpening our focus
0: though, aren't they? Because they're shocking us.
1: Uh, they're, they're giving us a bit of a jolt, but yeah. what we are learning from it is that there are benchmark indicators that exist at the moment that are a bit of a, a very clear indicator of likely success. So if a student, for example, uh, is is doing an astral test which schools can use for free, it's a diagnostic, yeah, uh, and are landing at 4p, which is level four of the curriculum and quite proficient at level four mm-hmm. or five b as in beginner of level five if they're landing in that space they're between 85 and 95 percent likely to pass that literacy numeracy uh, um, exam yeah and so we've got some indicators now because of the piloting process that we never had before and what's the benefit uh, of them and so uh it's readiness right you don't want to assess someone when they're not ready you know you don't uh you don't know, grab your 16-year-old and chuck them straight into the uh, written driver's license test without doing some prep work first, um, because it might bash their confidence around. So, so you do. Sort of so you can. guys,
0: as as educators, use these little pre-diagnostic tools, diagnose absolutely. whether the kids are ready or not, and
1: then get them up to speed. Get them up to speed. Get them in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then and fill any gaps uh, that you identify along the way. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's been part of the last couple of years worth of process.
0: Okay, do you reckon we can turn this around, Vaughan, um, before these kids are leaving school? Or oh these kids who are failing at this rate, are they just, would you write them off?
1: Like there's no point even trying. Yeah, we we'll try So just a lot so if coming talk, in now. Yeah, if you talk about the current cohort of Year 10, before they exit secondary school, assuming they stay to Year 13, yeah. they've got eight more opportunities to get this assessment across the line.
0: Yeah. But, I, but so, I mean, so, what I mean um, is, I what I mean is clearly if you have got... Um, like what is this? Um, at, at this stage, you've got numeracy at fifty-six percent, right? That's forty-four percent. Yep. I'm just picking yep. one of them. Forty-four yep. percent yep. who aren't passing it. I mean, I look at that and I yep. go, "Whoops, we've failed you." And do we just give up on that lot and try to fix it for the ones coming in, the young ones? Oh, or can no, or can we, we actually educate eight, them
1: properly? They've got they've got eight more opportunities. To get no, but never mind them the even
0: passing the assessment, right? They clearly got a lack of knowledge. So can we can we can we backfill that? Can we get these kids to understand how maths works?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what Good I'm right saying. Thing. So okay. between between the end of year ten and the end of year thirteen, there's plenty of opportunity to fill those gaps. Absolutely.
0: All right, right Vaughn, thank you. Appreciate it, mate. That's Vaughn Quill, Secondary Principals Association president.
1: For more from Heather Duplicy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talks B from four PM weekdays, or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.